Well, we're back once again, everyone. This is Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Anthony and Tim with you traveling and running around like crazy today. Uh, it has been a busy few weeks, to say the least, since the last time we talked to you. Uh, we were in the middle of the NFL football season last time we talked. Now we are at the very end. It's Super Bowl weekend, and we got high school basketball at its towards the end of the regular season. Matter of fact, my regular season ends tonight. The playoffs will begin next week in Lawrence County. Uh, the Cavaliers cannot lose, which is phenomenal. So there's a lot going on in the world of sports. And there's a lot going on in my man's Anthony's life, but that's a different story. Let's just bring him in and say hello to one and only Anthony Kepley. Tim, it's great to be back. And uh, nice seeing you again last night. Uh, we had a nice time uh, bringing home a uh, Jekyll and Hyde overtime win. But in February, you just win in advance. So, uh yeah, so it was nice to uh, nice taking the Penguins yesterday and uh, get another win. They don't make it easy, but Tim, uh, as long as I've been alive and as long as you've been cover them, uh, why you athletics do not make things easy, whether it be football, basketball, or any sport? There's no such thing as an easy win for almost anybody anymore, <laughs> especially for the Youngstown State Penguins. But the men's basketball program, as you mentioned. Uh, we, you and I had the opportunity to go down last night to watch them play Milwaukee down at the Bigley Center. It's always great to be down at the Bigley Center, and uh, we were entertained. It was a, uh, yeah, you know, a very game Milwaukee team on the road. A strange game, as uh, if you did yeah. not see it or did not hear about it, the Penguins got off to a, a 12-0 run to start the game. And then immediately there was a timeout called by Milwaukee, and that changed the entire momentum of the first half. Milwaukee then outscored Youngstown State, uh, I want to say 43-25 to 25 the rest of the way in yeah. the first quarter, and, or the first half, excuse me. And that ended that way at halftime as they, uh, they actually trailed by, by five, I believe, uh, at that time. And it was not a uh, what, I, what anybody would have thought would have happened uh, going into the uh, the beginning of the first two minutes of the game. No, you know, you get up 12 nothing, and you really punch them in the mouth. That's an athletic Milwaukee team. Uh, they got size. They got guys that are long in the perimeter. They got some shot makers, Tim. Uh, that team has some really good guards that can make shots. You know, but you get up 12 nothing. And you're thinking, man, this could be a nice, comfortable home conference win. You don't get many of those. And uh, like you said, a timeout by Milwaukee completely flipped the script. And YSU got down 10 for majority of the first half. It, you were just trying to keep the deficit into single digits. You know, every time you would make a run, Milwaukee would get it back to 9, 10, 11. And then even... In the early stages of the second half, you would make a run, you'd get down 10 again. Uh, just a weird game, you're right. You know, you always say basketball is a game of runs, uh, but that was really absurd last night. Um, but the thing that you give me credit for is two things. Is this team seems to be completely lost defensively for 
15, 20 minutes of a game, and then all of a sudden something happens and they go on a huge run, 20 to 5. You know, they've done 20 to 1 against Wright State, 20 to 6 again at Wright State. I think last night, Tim, was 25 to 7 or something like that. Uh, you know. Yeah. The defense I mean, comes alive and it off it gives yeah. the offense an opportunity to get back yeah. in the ball game. You know, YSU's a average shooting team. They're not a great shooting team yes. by any stretch. Uh, they'll get on streaks and like they did at the beginning of the game and hit four threes and all of a sudden they look, you know, they're gonna have a wonderful night and then they can miss the next yep. five in a row. Uh, and sure. that's you know, this team and this team lives off of uh, Ziggy Reed, obviously, what he yep. brings to the team. I think Burns is a really important player. And then Thompson. And Thompson's all energy, all uh, yes. maybe not what you would call a, your typical point-slash-two guard. And Youngstown is such a small backcourt to begin with. Langdon yep. the same way. Langdon doesn't necessarily, I would say, dishes the ball the, the, the best. And finds but no. openings. But if he's inside the arc, he's a decent shooter. Outside the arc, yeah. it, it's it's really, you know, how good of a look and how, how, how smooth was his release is, you know, his opportunity to, to make that shot, to be quite honest. But mm-hmm. uh, the difference in the game is dying. Dines brings yeah. uh, a defensive level that we have not seen at Youngstown in years. Uh, it can block shots. You haven't had, and I'll say this, you know, you really have two seven-footers. Well, actually, we were crying, we need size, we need size, we need size. And that's where we lost the semifinal game last year against Northern Kentucky. If we would stop them in an initial shot, and Northern Kentucky just killed us on the boards. Right. So we come in this year and bring in Zorgroff, Northern Kentucky, and bring in Dines. Um, and Dines does not start out well, but I tell you what, Tim, more often than not in the second half when YSU needs a spark, Dines is everywhere. And you can see that, that untapped potential he has because if he sticks around – he could be a really, really good player at the mid-major level uh, if he puts on, yeah. you know, gets in the late training program for a full season and, you know, just gets used to this conference. Yeah. You know, you're right. I think, yeah. you know, combination of the right nutrition and weightlifting yep. and work in the gym this summer, he can be yeah. an improved player as he goes on. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'd be thrilled if he puts 10, 15 pounds on for the next season. I'm not sure his yep. – Physique is ready for all that, but it could happen. Uh, he's like you said, seven three. He, he he causes teams to alter their shot when yeah. he's in position and can make a play. And he did that in the second half. The first half he struggled. Now I know he's coming off the injury. He had the, the yep. hand injury that he yeah, missed absolutely. a few games, and you can see the wrap on his hand. But he played and he played gamely. I mean, he played really. Yes, he did. You know, he gave you everything he got. Uh, he's a freshman. He makes freshman mistakes. Uh, that will take time to overcome. But yeah, you can see the 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 basketball IQ and talent there. 
Uh, it's just a matter of learning more, understanding his situation, growing into his body that he's still doing. And, uh, you know, I think, like you said, I see a lot of good things about him. I mean, he strokes the ball well uh, from the line. I think he has a real good shot. It's just a matter of learning how to shoot from the line to be more consistent. Yeah. Uh, I also see, you know, just simple things that he can work on. And, I mean, he's 7'3", got to hold the ball up high. And, you know, he brings it down low. Yeah. And people can steal it from him. And that's a matter of learning and, you know, drilling yeah, that coaching. into him. Yeah, and, and it is. It's going to take time. That's an old high school, uh, you know, habit that he's going to have to learn to break. But he's a freshman. And freshmen never come in fully polished, especially at the mid-major level. So, yeah, I think there's there's a definite ability to see him grow and become a better player and uh, an important player for this Penguins uh, basketball program. But, yeah, it was a real fun yeah. night. And, uh, hey, the next three games are going to be important to see how they finish out the regular season. Tim, I'm not sure if you saw this stat. I caught it this morning. The Horizon League is ranked four spots ahead of the MAC in terms of their rankings and their ratings or metrics and all that. And there is no conference in America. The Horizon League, on average, plays the most one-possession games of any conference in Division One men's basketball. I'm not surprised by that. You, Go ahead. And you saw that last night. You know, as frustrating as it was to get up tw- or get up 12, get down 10, get up 10 in the last minute or so, blow that. I think the thing that really impresses me, and you know, you've watched every Horizon League team play this year and last year, um, the mental toughness of these teams is really incredible. You know, more often than not, Tim, when you get down double digits, like a Milwaukee did on the road in the first two minutes, you're probably going to lose that game by 15, 20 points. Yeah. And it's incredible the mental toughness that these teams have. I was just going to say that. You know, you get, you get up 10, you blow it, and then overtime you come right back and punch them in the mouth, and I'll score them 20 to 8, I think, in the extra session. Just, uh, you know, um, really commendable for the coaches and the uh, cultures that these teams have. There's no easy out of this conference. There is, I mean, every single game, outside of maybe Detroit Mercy, every game's a dogfight. Yeah. I think uh, somebody told me best last night, and I think Milwaukee's coach even said it also, uh, that he thinks the Beagley Center is the best atmosphere in the Horizon League. And... If you would have said that five years ago, we had a couple hundred people to stand. It's incredible yeah. uh, the culture change. Well, but he called it a cage match. He goes, you know, it's just two teams just punching at yeah. each other. No, he's right. Um, it's just, I think that's a good character, characterization of yeah. what happened last night. And in yeah. the Horizon League in general, I mean, three games last night in the Horizon League went to overtime, including Both the one at YSU. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it just tells you 
the the parity in in the conference and how on any given night anybody can beat. And unfortunately, Youngstown found that out when they went to Fort Wayne last week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what you're dealing with. It's going to be a, a slog and a, to win yeah. the regular season or to get the best record you can and best seating you can in the tournament. And the Horizon Tournament is your ticket to both yeah. any type of postseason play. Obviously, the NCAA is the magic you know, that everybody yep. dreams about and everybody wants. We've talked about that in the past. We'll talk about that again in the future. But, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a team that is worth uh, your investment, uh, either on ESPN Plus at Bigley or on the radio or however you consume uh, this Youngstown State basketball program. And, and that's just the truth of the matter. But and, and go back to your point about Bigley and what the um, opposing coach said. And, and I want to say this. And I'm going to show my, my seniority here. Uh-huh. Bigley is an amazing place when you put people in it. That's the exactly atmosphere at Bigley, at, the atmosphere at Bigley is just outstanding and always has yep. been. It's right. just going to be years before that happens. And, you know, we were talking about dines earlier and the shot blocking. I just want to make one last point. I have I I know why she had a few shot blockers in the past twenty years, and I don't want to take anything away from those players who, who did, defensively make some plays, but mm-hmm. a seven footer. We I have not seen this in Youngstown going all the way back to the Mike Rice era, and Ricky Tunsil, who was a seven foot seven foot one, center, uh, for Youngstown State, being that type of a guy who can block shots and. Uh, potentially give you an inside game. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. But, uh, yeah, I, I love it, and uh, we'll we'll see. Real quick, just to stay on basketball, uh, yes, I yep. want to pass on. Tonight I am going to be in Newcastle for our final regular season game. The Canes are on the prefaces of making the playoffs. This is the first time in years, well, in the Blundo era, that they actually could miss the playoffs. Um, and I would be shocking because every time a Ralph Blundo team has made the Whipple playoffs, they've then also qualified during that time to play in the state tournament and have finished no less than the quarterfinals in any of those tournaments. So, uh, tonight's game is a huge game against Seneca Valley, excuse me, and there's two scenarios. That they can make the playoffs. Very simple. They win, they're in. If Pine Richland and the Canes both win here tonight, they most likely would get a play-in game uh, early next week, and the winner advances into the playoffs. It's called it, they call it a, a pigtail game. It's no different than the 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 first four down in Akron type scenario, or, or excuse me, in yep. Dayton type scenario. So. Uh, that's basically where the Canes are in. If they win, they are in. Simple as that. There is one other scenario where if Pine Richland and their game tonight wins and the Canes both win, then they would then most likely, I say, they haven't officially said they would play that, but 99% of the time they do. Uh, They could probably use a tiebreaker of some sort if they truly didn't want to do that. 
uh, that would not be what traditionally happens in the in the playoffs because that's how they do it. Now, if there's a three-way tie, uh, they would lose that, and uh, they would then be out. But that three-way tie is very unlikely uh, scenario. And, and any scenario where the Canes lose, they're basically not in the playoffs. So, simply, the no, Canes win, they're in. Simple as that. Win tonight. That's that's the job. Well, here's the really impressive thing. Um, and I, I obviously have not watched Newcastle basketball a ton. I've caught a couple games uh, since you started broadcasting. But when you're down season, and I think you would term this as a down season, Castle is you have to win on your last game to get in. Yeah. But that talks about the consistency well, of the program starting from the seventh grade level on up. It just it just tells you how healthy it is when a down season for them is you have to win and get in on your last game of the season. It, and and to make it more more of a point that you just made. They're forced to play up in divisions. They yep. are a 4A school, which is right in the middle of the six the divisions, six being the biggest. They are forced yep. to play because of their previous successes at six at the uh, at six A. So they're playing at the highest level of students. They're playing schools are basically twice uh-huh. their size, and they're hanging yep. in there. Uh, this year, they're fourteen and seven overall. It sounds like a wonderful, but I mean, in here, Tim. Yeah, fourteen and seven overall. They're three and six in the section. Um, top four make the playoffs. They're right on the cusp with that. So uh, it's been a, a a tough run, but it looks like uh, with a success tonight, and uh, I have good feeling for tonight's game because uh, they really should win. I know I don't say that very often, but they're playing a six and fifteen team who's two and yeah. seven in in the in this section. So uh, and they're playing at home. So. Hopefully, uh, Ralph Blundo and his squad will do really well, and it will be uh, more playoff action coming our way here on uh, Lawrence County Sportsnet. And, of course, you can catch that game on the Internet at Lawrence County Sports or lcsportsnet.com. Simple as that. You can find do the same search on YouTube for Lawrence County Sportsnet, and it will be there. And you can't miss it. And it's on Facebook and any other social media outlet that's possible nowadays. So, um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Go ahead. Uh, What time is tip-off tonight? Uh, Tip-off is 7.30. Pre-game is probably around 7.15. So, well, Tim, I got the house to myself tonight. The uh, fiancé is uh, babysitting tonight. So, I got the house to myself. So, there you I go. I believe I will turn on the uh, Facebook stream yeah. on the uh, Amazon Alexa, and uh, I do believe I'll tune into your game tonight. Excellent. I look forward to that. All right. Oh, man, it has been a crazy, crazy day for me personally. I've been running around all day long trying to squeeze this in as you're driving to Columbus, and uh, yeah. I got notification today that Corey Kluber – has officially announced yep. his retirement on social media today. Did it on Instagram. Uh, congratulations on an amazing career. 13 years as a major league pitcher. Two Cy Youngs. A no-hitter with the Yankees. Uh, yes, the last yep. four years he's bounced around from the Rangers to the Yankees. 
uh, to the Rays and to the Boston. But uh, again, uh, a phenomenal career. Uh, not a Hall of Fame career. I would love to say he's a Hall of Famer. If he had another oh, five really, years, really, if he had really another five years, really. yeah, if he had another five years, you can make that case. Um, he's he's a lot like Oral's Horsheiser. Uh, yeah. Right on the cusp. You can make yeah. a case for him. And Hor- uh, Horsheiser, in my opinion, uh, you can make a be- <laughs> you can make a case for both really well. And yeah. Uh, the difference is Hershiser did win a World Series with the Dodgers, was with Cleveland for two World Series, and came up just short in both of them. So uh, I'll never forget, and I know we're getting off subject a little bit, but Game 5 of the 95 World Series where Cleveland was trailing 3-1 to one to uh, Atlanta, and Hershiser yep. pitched one of the most gem games I've ever seen. In my lifetime. And the same with Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber in 2016 put that team on his back, pitching every three days in the playoffs. And just absolutely running out of gas in game seven. And it was not, uh, you know, that was just unfortunate. And then in game seven, you know, they bailed him out with the big home run late in the game. And uh, unfortunately, everybody knows that story, what happened with the Cubs. But. Uh, Corey Kluber, um, truly. And, and the most exciting thing I think is interesting that he says he's not done with the game. He wants to get into coaching. If you're the Cleveland Indians, or excuse me, the Cleveland Guardians, I still say Indians. Much as I say yep. I will never do it, I still do. Um, the, the Guardians, man, that's, that's a call you're making today. If he just wants to oh, come absolutely. to spring training and be absolutely. a, a, uh, a fly on the and wall, and it's someone the players can talk to. Absolutely, you got to make that call. You, you absolutely do, Tim. And I would imagine that call is being made. And um, you know, because we talked about it last year so many times, this team just didn't have that veteran in the rotation when the when a Bieber or even McKenzie went down. And McKenzie's still young too. Yes, and they didn't have that. A veteran in the bullpen, um, just to bounce ideas off of her. Hey, it's just um, maybe not this year, but next year. Um, you know, if he's a roving instructor for the for the yeah. for the club, uh, where the he goes down, to, yeah. yeah, to the single yeah. A level all the way up to the major leagues, and and just you know, be part of the organization and build from there. Be a special uh, advisor to uh, the GM and stuff like that. You know, anything's possible. That's usually how they get them into this. I mean, that's what Bud Black was years and years ago. Yep. And then ended uh-huh. up, look look at the successful career that he's had as a manager. Uh, there's so many others we can mention. That was the first one that just came off the top of my head. And, uh, you know, uh, it, I, I just think, you know, if he wants, if that's something that he desires, then, it is necessary for uh, the Guardians to find a way to um, facilitate that and make it happen. Simple as that. You know, Tim, I don't know if you know this, but uh, when he announced his retirement today, I was you know, reading the article, and it dawned on me 
Corey Kluber's last appearance in the major leagues was against the Cleveland was last year yeah. at Progressive Field when uh, Boston came to town and we knocked him around a little bit. Yeah, uh, he, he took one for the team. Yeah, he did. Uh, that was the one game where they took him for the team and they DFA'd him afterwards. Um, I don't think we're ever going to forget uh, the 15-inning marathon. Oscar Gonzalez walked it off against Corey Kluber on his famous cutter, Tim. And uh, probably two or three years ago, that cutter's probably strike three on the outside corner because nobody had a better cutter in baseball in their prime uh, than Corey Kluber did. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, injuries took tolls on every pitcher. Father time is undefeated. Yep. Yeah, I don't care. You know, Man, some, some people are able to uh, squeeze the maximum amount of years out of their bodies in pro sports and play at an elite level for an extreme amount of time. And others just have that big arc. And then once it falls down, that they're done. And Corey Kluver stunk out an extra four years in my mind. And he knows yeah, it. Yeah, he did. You know, and uh, he ha- he's had an amazing career. And uh, congratulations to him. And like I said, I don't know what the future holds, but I sure hope the Guardians organization uh, is in his future because I think he can only help this organization. Never heard it. Oh, it, I, I mean, if I'm uh, Stephen Vogt or a- anybody in that organization, I'm picking up the phone right now and uh, inviting Corey down to Goodyear. Yeah, you never uh, know. You may see him down there. I'd be surprised if he wasn't, Tim. Uh, just knowing the people in the organization, yeah. knowing how much they value uh, the alumni base and right. uh, value the veteran arms. Um, I would actually bring know, him. I would. I, I don't know what the plans is for opening day yet for the Guardians. And I'm not saying you make a Corey Kluber day or anything like that. You could do that in the future. But, man, if you brought him back out to throw the first pitch of the first year, start the new season, I think that, that place would go crazy. I think you bring back Corey Kluber to throw out the opening day pitch. Um, and I think, Tim, in a couple years, uh, you're going to have Corey Kluber Day when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame because there's no doubt in my mind uh, number 28 is going in the Raptors at Progressive Field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to be part of that, the uh, the Guardian Hall of Fame uh, festivities there someday. It's just a matter of when. It's not if. Um, it's just how soon they want to do it, basically. And they, yeah, you know. I don't know if they have a criteria or how long. As far as I'm concerned, you can go in tomorrow, but that's a different story. But it should be interesting yeah. to see. And uh, there's a lot going on in the world of sports. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to forget a few things that's going on right now. But Tim, you me- mentioned. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You mentioned the, uh, uh, the Guardians, and they start soon. But I don't think anybody outside of. Northeast Ohio is talking about the 17-1 since New Year's Day Cleveland Cavaliers. Phenomenal. Uh, that included two all-stars, two-fifths of the starting rotation being out for two months. Yeah. You know, everybody beginning the season, when these injuries happened, it was, oh, boy, fire J.B. Bickerstaff. We're going to bring the uh, 
David Yeager down from the front office as a consultant. He's going to be the interim coach, and you know you got to fire Bickerstaff and yada yada yada. And yeah, Bickerstaff has proved his worth. Winning games, Tim. They are bludgeoning teams, no matter if it's on the road or at home. They're blowing teams out. Yeah, not even. It's really not even a contest most nights. It's it's a fifteen to thirty point win. I mean, it's outside the first half, these games are over. Yeah, it really, truly is. And uh, Jared Allen not making the NBA All Star team is a shame. It's it's criminal. It's criminal, exactly. But it is what it is. Uh, It's all about sometimes who you know and what you do. Versus, you know, he may get a late invite because of an injury or two. You never, you know, a fake injury where a guy just says, I don't want to play, yeah. you know, because I need to rest. And then all of a sudden he'll be there. But we'll wait and see. Uh, needless to say, uh, that team that has been built is a team that is not over succeeding. It is finding its groove. And finding it's it's really it's identity, as I like to say, of what they are and how they want to play and who they can be. Um, yeah, this is going to be an exciting uh, springtime with the uh, brand new uh, Cleveland Guardians under uh, Vault as a manager, and then you got you know the Cavaliers making a playoff run. Yeah. Uh, Got YSU football, getting ready for spring football. And, uh, you know, we got a lot going on. Plus, uh, the football season, my friend, is coming to a season crescendo with the Super Bowl. And uh, what a – I think we really got the best matchup possible here with the Chiefs and the 49ers. And uh, I'll tell you what, got to give it up to Brock Purdy, what he's done. Um, for the Niners over the last two years, how he's taken over that that team and has led them. And now, granted, they got a lot of great players around them, stream amount of great players around them. But he's done a fantastic job, and he deserves the accolades that he's gotten for the last pick in the draft. Mr. Irrelevant, uh, he's not irrelevant at all. Uh, he's proven that uh, gems are in late rounds. You know, maybe he – I'm not – I hate saying this because it's not fair, but he may be the late round, the next late round Brady uh, that people are going to be yeah. talking away. I'm not saying he's going to win Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and uh, but uh, I think we're going to see a really good quality career out of him. And we've seen others do this in the past too. I mean, it's not just Tom Brady, but yeah, it just shows you that there's talent all over this country, and then you just got to find it and get get an opportunity. Not all people are going to succeed. Many of them will fail than more than will succeed. But you got to give up for what uh, Purdy has done this year for uh, the Niners. And, uh, you know, McCaffrey, he's such a beast. And that defense is it's suspect. But I tell you what, I think Kansas City's defense is stronger than San Francisco. But I'm expecting a high-scoring game. I will not be surprised if it's both teams are in the 30s. And I will not be surprised if it's less than six points as a final. Tim, uh, I haven't watched it either team all year, but I was talking to Lindsay's uncle, and he was saying 
that he was reading a excerpt or clip from uh, Kyle Shanahan. And Shanahan told John Lynch three days into minicamp in Purdy's rookie year, and they had Garoppolo and they had Trey Lance, and he said, uh, Brock Purdy's the best quarterback on this roster. Yeah, I'm not and surprised. The, and the ability of John Lynch to be like, you know what, Kyle? If that's your guy, go with him. Because you remember, I think John Lynch, what, drafted Trey Lance in the top five? And for him to be like, hey, if you think a 200-something draft pick is yeah. the best option over top five draft pick, then go ahead. A lot of GMs would not do that, Tim. No, you're right. Because they are Well, because they look bad. They yeah. look bad because yeah. they made a move and it didn't work out. But you got to give them credit to, that they make the play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't. You know, one thing you can learn about in the NFL is you never stop giving up on the position. What I mean by that is if you see someone of value that you think who can improve the position, exactly. you draft them or you sign them. You draft them. the best you know, player available. Right, or you sign them. <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's exactly what the Niners did in the, in the final round of the NFL draft. They found a player that they thought had value, and he's turned out to have just that. Um, there's so many of that. And that's, you know, Talking about the NFL real quick, you know, the award ceremonies uh, went on this past uh, couple days, and uh, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns. They've won some awards. Uh, you know, that's, that's wonderful. And, you know, uh, Joe Flacco, I got to give it up to him. He got the pl- comeback player of the year. And prior to being announced that, now obviously you can't reject it and not take it. But someone yep. asked him about that. He goes, all I did is join a team late in the season. And he goes, you know, and he goes, I'm not someone who almost lost his life on the field. And you know what? Here's, I, mean, yeah. I give him a lot of credit. I'm paraphrasing, yep. but uh, yep. uh, he, what he, I, you see what he stands for. You know, I, I got to admit it, and, I'm, and this is no shock to anybody, couldn't stand him when he was in Baltimore because he was yep. so good. And... He is just what I consider a prototypical AFC North quarterback. That is, if you're going to design a quarterback to play in the AFC North, you want a quarterback that is 6'4", 6'5", who's mobile, can move around, make extend plays, make plays with his feet when necessary, but not necessarily be uh, a Jackson. And, uh, you know, who can go for 100 yards, you know, in two plays uh, mm-hmm. at any time he has the ball in his hand. Take nothing away from Jackson. I love him. I think he's a phenomenal player. But you look at the NFL North, it was dominated for years by Flacco and Roethlisberger. And they both were just that type of quarterback. A big, strong quarterback. He could take hits in the pocket. He could move around, extend plays, find open players. And make plays and not afraid to use that arm to get it into small spaces. And both of them did that throughout their careers. And, you know, who knows what will happen to Flacco. He's 39 years old next year. Uh, I'm not saying he won't find a job somewhere. I'm going to say Cleveland won't bring him back as a backup because how could you not want him back? Obviously, 
you know, Watson's your quarterback going forward. He's too young. You, you made too much of an investment into him. Um, everything you want. And, and Watson was 4-1 and one when he played. And it's not like he was having a bad year. He was just starting to find his rhythm when, you know, injuries really took him out of the, out of the season. So, but, uh, yeah. And then, you know, Stefanski winning coach of the year. Congratulations. Second time, you know, Miles Garrett winning defensive player of the year. Not a surprise. One of the most dominating players in the NFL period. Uh, sorry, Steelers fans. Cry in your beer all you want. Your Iron City, your Iron City beer, and just cry, cry, cry. You didn't, you know. Awards are nice. Don't get me wrong. Every player loves them, but in the end, uh, you know, Miles Garrett got it. And you know, and again, he's a very helpful guy. Anytime your quarterback loses his helmet, he's more than happy to put it on him. <laughs> I believe it's safe to say that Tim will not be sending any Christmas cards this holiday season in 2024. To, oh, I know so many uh, Steelers fans. fans. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, Tim, I don't know uh, off topic of the NFL, but I don't know if you saw it, but Ohio State lost yes. an offensive coordinator today and gained a new one. Yes, let's, uh, let's talk about that real quickly. I was going to mention that earlier, and I forgot. I'm glad you brought it up. Chip Kelly is yeah. resigning at UCLA as head coach to come mm-hmm. to Ohio State to be the offensive coordinator with his former offensive coordinator in yeah. Ryan Day. How about that for a turn of events? I did not see that even in the cards. That was not even in my universe that they were going to bring Chip Kelly in to replace Dan O'Brien, who left for uh, Boston College. Do they just hire well, last do. month? You know, and uh, congratulations uh, to Bill O'Brien. He, uh, he's yeah, a Boston guy. He's a New England guy. Um, and you can't pass up a head coaching opportunity oh, when no. your wife is a Boston College alum. You know, it's coming home. And probably the last head coaching stop on Bill O'Brien's journey Um uh, He's going to make Chestnut Hill a attractive destination yes. for transfers now. Uh, he's a, a man of good integrity and morals. Uh, for all that he did in wake of the Penn State scandal, he made them competitive when they had nobody. Yeah, and uh, they were the just under, NFL. Yeah. under that huge um, cloud. Yeah, and the huge sanctions. And, and I'll give Ryan Day credit. When you lose Bill O'Brien, you're in February. Spring practice starts soon. And yes. it's very easy to be like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to call the plays this year, and I'll do it. I'll hire somebody full-time next year. But the more and more that you read into it, um, Chip Kelly coming to Ohio State, leaving a Power 5 job is surprising. Leaving a Power 5 job to be an offensive coordinator in the same conference. Mind you, UCLA is right. a member of the Big Ten Conference now. Uh, and they play Ohio State this year, I believe. Um, that is surprising. But the more that I delved into it, uh, Chip Kelly did not like recruiting. You know, he doesn't like that per se. 
And honestly, he doesn't have to. And it's a lot easier to recruit at Ohio State than UCLA. Yes. Um, and I'll say this, Tim. Um, it's a lot easier to recruit at all when you have that block O in your chest compared to uh, the UCLA. Uh, no offense to UCLA. No, I mean, they produce a lot of good players. But when the last four rookie of the years have been from Columbus, um, and, you know, honestly, Tim, Chip Kelly's an old-school coach, and with this new wave of NIL and transfer board and all that, I don't know how much he really wanted to keep going as the head man of a program. You know, it gets tiring. It's exhausting. Well, more than anything, what I read into it, Anthony, is when he found out that this past year that during the season they were talking about removing him as head coach, he then put up his radar and said, you know, obviously I'm not going to leave just to leave, but if the right opportunity comes about, I'll be willing to move. And that's what he did. He decided to basically preempt their move by doing it now. And I, you know what? He's given them a lot for five years. And, yeah, I yeah. grant you, it has not been perfect. But UCLA, for prior to those five years, was basically non-existent. And, no, they were uh, irrelevant. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a wild offense in Columbus uh, with Chip oh. Kelly and Ryan Day together again. Holy smokes. It'll be interesting to see how they develop that. And uh, It's going to be... Uh... Really interesting, Tim, because when you watch Chip Kelly at Oregon, and we watched them play Trestle and the Buckeyes, right? And they were go 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 go. They didn't want to huddle at all. They didn't. I mean, it was a snap every 15 seconds. It was a breakneck pace, like we were fast breaking basketball. Then he went to the NFL. He came back to college, and he became more of a pro style coach. Um, which I think is really attractive to Ryan Day. He still likes to go, go, go fast. But I think meshing the pro-style offense. Um, oh, yeah. And the playmakers that Chip Kelly has in his arsenal in Columbus, um, oh, boy, the Buckeyes could put up a lot of points this year. And how fitting is it, Tim, that uh, Ohio State, goes on the road to Oregon this year, and yeah. Chip Kelly gets to go back home. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. You know. It really yeah, is going to be interesting. Be. You know what my my whole thought process was? Thank God the Penguins don't play them this year. Oh, 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 boy. You know, we talked about last year, Tim, how ugly that game could have been, been yeah. And and up. give give the Penguins credit. They played their hearts out of it yeah. and, and kept it much, much more manageable than I expected. And, uh, you but, know, uh, hey. Year, but, lot. yeah, I'm just thankful that we don't have back-to-back years uh, with, the, with the Buckeyes this year. Uh, but no, that's I'm a different story all two that. together. But, yes, it should be a lot of fun. And I know you're just about out of time, so am I. Uh but like I said, the uh, the Super Bowl is here. Uh, Taylor Swift's in Tokyo. Uh, she may be in Las Vegas. There's she that. She will all... make it back, though. I heard. And there's been a lot of talk what? about that. Uh, by the way, just totally random stuff. I started yes, a friend sir. of mine. 
uh, and I we we collect vinyls. You know, I love music, yep. and I've always had vinyls mm-hmm. my entire life. And the resurgence of vinyls over the last you know ten years has been a lot of fun, and especially mm-hmm. record record store day and stuff like that. Well, you go back to 2018, the ambassador, I believe, for uh, Record Store Day was Taylor Swift. And that meant that he had an exclusive printing for one of her albums. And it was her debut album. So I picked it up, you know, whatever it cost that day, $45, $50. I don't remember, $40, you know, in that range. And put it, you know, I play it once in a while. It's fun to have. And mm-hmm. I... I one hundred percent admit I'm a Swifty, so what she can do no wrong in my eyes, uh, ha ha ha. And uh, but anyways, I got on this uh, this app, and you write, you put in what you have, and use the serial number for it. You know that thing's selling for eight hundred dollars today. Uh, Tim, if I were you, I'd be going to the nearest record store. <laughs> Amazing. I that song was gotten. Yeah. Um, I may have to. You know, real quickly, Tim, <laughs> what, what she has done for the music and entertainment world is absolutely incredible. Yes. Uh, and I'll say this. You find a lot of times now with athletes or with artists and musicians, Yeah. a lot of them are kind of not great people off the stage or off the field, um, she might be an even better person off the performing stage. It sure seems that way. I am not going to disagree with that. Every story you hear, everything you see, you you could be like, oh, it's an act, it's fake. It it just seems really genuine. Um, It does. And, uh, you know, you know, it's really incredible. One more thing I want to mention that, and then I'm seriously, uh, uh, I'm rooting for the Chiefs this weekend simply because I think they're the better team. And um, I like the Chiefs. I love watching them play. And I've been quite honestly running, uh, playing on FanDuel all season long, running with the Chiefs. So I'm not going to stop now. Uh, But um, getting back to – I lost my train of thought here. Oh, the the Super Bowl should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And – I think it'll be interesting to see if she makes it back. I think she probably will. I be, won't be surprised if she does it just because of the time and the effort. But yeah. you know what? It makes it interesting. It's it's another storyline that goes on this week, and it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Sunday. It should be a, a, uh, a great time. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention real quick. I did not have a chance mm-hmm. to do this off the top because I didn't write anything down as normal as everyone listens knows Um, what a year it has been for me as some of the greatest sports managers and coaches are stepping aside you know you know how much I love you know much how much I love Terry Francona you know, yep. you knew how much years ago, and with Jim Trestle stepping down at Youngstown State as the president, oh, and yeah. then uh, we go here. Uh, Jurgen Klopp is stepping down from Liverpool at the end of the season after a nine-year run, uh, seven or eight different trophies. Matter of fact, in competition this year for four different trophies. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. They're going to get a final at the end of this month on the 25th against Chelsea for the League Cup. Uh, they're playing for, they're right now on top of the Premier League. Uh, last year was a down year. He made all the changes. And, uh, yeah. And what I love about him is his communication skills. Here's a guy who uh, lives on energy, you know, and, and communication. Kind of like Francona. And, you know, I think that's what got Francona in the end. He says, I just can't physically do it no more. Uh, yeah. And I think desire to compete is always going to be with the player, people like that. But the ability to just year in and year out and, you know, Francona's health issues over the last three years really showed, you know, as he's gotten aged and unable to move around like he used to. Uh, especially if you looked at him in 2023 versus 2020 or 2019 or 2018 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can see the difference in, in Francona. And uh, Jurgen Klopp basically said the same thing because I'm out of energy. You know, I got enough for the rest of this year, and I'm going to give everything we got. And uh, he says he will never coach another English team other than Liverpool. And he also announced that he was not going to uh, manage or coach any other team in the world this upcoming year. So he's going to take a full year off and reevaluate what he wants to do. And I, I'm just going to put this out there. He'll probably end up in Germany as their national team manager. National coach, yeah. Right. And I totally understand. And that's probably where he belongs. I'm throwing this out there because I know nothing about the men's team in America, the national team, and its program. I don't care who their manager is right now, a year from now. Uh, I'm throwing the books at at, at Jurgen Klopp to say, come to America and grow this sport. Because he would do it, and it would be amazing. I'm telling you, it would be amazing. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I've always had a dream where I would love to have a discussion with some great sports managers and coaches. All get a roundtable. Just let them talk about their experiences and what makes it unique that make them successful, you know. Uh, I would love to have Jim Trestle at that table. I would love to have Terry Francona at that table. Jurgen Klopp at that table. Maybe Andy Reid at that table. Because you want personalities, too. You can really talk. And it would be interesting. You get a basketball coach of whatever level you want to talk about. You know, Obviously, you would want someone more act. I would say still active today. But put a Mike Krzyzewski who's retired, like Jim Trestle's retired. Put them all together and just let them talk about the communication level and what they do and how it goes beyond the X's and O's about building a program, building a a team and being successful. I just think that would be one of the most amazing conversations you can have in sports. It'll probably never, ever happen, but that's kind of my, uh, my dream round table of uh, what would be, uh, you know, some of the great minds in, uh, in all the sports and, you can find a hockey guy. You can find all these guys, and I bet you you can find a lot of common commonality between all of them and what they what they preach and how they're why they're successful. Uh, not saying, you know, obviously being tough or rough or uh, you know, accountable is not a big part of what they are. It's just I think it would be interesting to hear what they all have to say. Yeah, that was. 
I mean, that would be a dream evening or a dream day. Yeah. Uh, just to sit down and yeah. take the brain. I, I don't necessarily want to be the moderator. Sport. I just want to sit no. there and enjoy the conversation. I just want to be a fly on the wall. Uh, I think it would be really fun. I know you are probably reached your destination here, Anthony. And uh, I got to get going because I got a basketball game here yes, in a sir. couple hours. Yes, you do. So let me get your Super Bowl prediction and we will get out of here. Well, Tim, I haven't watched a single game all year except when the Browns played the it's Ravens. It's the Super Bowl. You don't even need to know. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, whatever team has Taylor Swift, and that's the Chiefs. So. That's the Chiefs. Uh, all right. We're all Swifties this weekend. There's no doubt about it. I'm happy with Swifty. My fiance is a big Swifty, so. That's good. I'm a Swifty by uh, marriage. Uh, there you go. That's that's. Tell her congratulations. You made the right choice. And this comes from a 57-year-old man (laughs) who's been a fan of hers. Actually, he's been a fan of hers since the very beginning. And real quick, uh, I have said this before. Uh, I heard Tim McGraw, and I couldn't believe it was coming out of a 16-year-old, that song. And I could not believe that. And then I found out that she writes and sings and plays guitar uh, and writes her songs. I says, I got to hear more of this. And I went out and bought the CD years ago and just absolutely been memorized by her uh, her talents, and uh, yeah, she continues to succeed. And right now, she she kind of runs the world in, in the world of music and entertainment. Yes, she does. And yes, uh, she does. She's you know, give her a lot of credit. All right, enough of that. Let's uh, wrap this up, Anthony. Any last thoughts here as we uh, say goodnight? Yeah, uh, just a massive game tomorrow, one thirty at the Beagley Center. Uh, we take on first place Wisconsin Green Bay. Um, we need another strong performance. You, you got to play defense. You got to play defense and make shots. Uh, I really believe, and this team even said, if we play defense, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a quick turnaround, um, but it's a turnaround that you're going to do a lot in March. And if you want to play into March and be successful in March, you got to play those those uh, Thursday, Saturday Friday, Sunday turnarounds, and if we're having a Thursday, Saturday turnaround here, Tim, in uh, a month and a half, that means we'll be playing the NCAA tournament. So, uh, got to play defense, got to rebound, and uh, uh, thankful we're at home. We got to protect home court. There's no question about it. All right, for all you wild boys out there and all those who don't know what you want until you get it, Here's the bottom line. It's Super Bowl weekend. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time. And we will get back to you quickly as soon as I can. Hopefully, I will say this real quickly. And and something Anthony and I will get together and discuss futures because there's a lot of different moving parts. But that's one of the reasons why we haven't been on that much. But I have some ideas and suggestions to move this podcast forward. Uh, and uh, we're going to try to get that done here in the next few months and come summertime. Uh, have a brand new format possibly for everybody to uh, to enjoy the 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 uh, the podcast once again. So, uh, Anthony, I thank you for your time. I loved last night. It was great to see you, and uh, go Chiefs! Tim, it was great to see you last night. It was uh, nice to bring home a win, a big win in February, and uh, we'll see Green Bay tomorrow. Amen. With that in mind. All right, I'm Tim, and he is Anthony. Have a great day, everybody.